movie Click. I've never seen that movie. It's terrible. Okay. I saw it on an airplane, I think. Oh, that's that's how it usually happens. Hey, Jody. Hey, Matt. How's it going? It's going okay. Is your internet working out? My my internet uh, seems to be hanging in there right now, okay. and uh, for some reason, my my waves for this time are super clean. And that won't last. <laughs> Yeah, the internet's been a little sketchy over here as well, so this could be a frustrating uh, attempt at a call. But, uh, yeah, are, do you have the same internet provider as me? No. Um, okay, you have the other one. Yeah, mine is uh, an illuminated domicile tech company. Hmm. Yeah, mine's Big Red. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I heard a, a podcast on this. I think it was from Planet Money about how uh, everywhere else in the world not everywhere, but many other places in the world, people have a choice of between dozens, literally dozens of ISPs. And most Americans, the vast majority of Americans, like 90% have a choice of two or fewer. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. Of course, it's all all about uh, the regulations, the laws we put in place uh, that let these companies have these local monopolies. And then with with the net neutrality thing going down, oh man, we're really screwing the pooch on that. I thought this was supposed to be a short show, Matt. You're killing me. Oh, God. Yeah, that's not even on the, in the notes. I, I, I don't know why. <laughs> I derailed immediately. I did it, um, I did it last show. Uh, this, is, uh, this is episode 41, though. Yeah, this is. This is episode 41, uh-huh. which is uh, Prime. Could be. Could be. I think it is. I don't know. <laughs> Could be. Factoring is a hard problem. Computationally yeah. hard problem. So, I'm told. Yeah, so, good week? Uh, no. It's a, no, it's a, no, definitely not. Uh, and it's only Tuesday, so hey. Mm. Um, but while uh, while we're on the, the numerology topic, mm-hmm. in as much information as you can give, where might people find uh, our blathering notes for this episode, Matt? Oh, yes, that would be at gtradio.net slash a-l-y-t slash four one okay cool see you i made you do it you you almost uh you almost forgot it i hesitated you're right yeah uh four one because this is the the 40 the first uh episode which is (laughs) and they said we'd only do three 41 yes (laughs) um yeah talking about uh well that's in the fake follow-up but you know talking about stealing bits from uh, shows on the five by five. I uh, I was listening to my podcast this week as as I do, and I listened to Back to Work and I listened to uh, Roderick on the Line, two of my absolute favorites. Those are two good and, shows. Yeah, great shows and great episodes this week. But they on on Roderick on the Line, Merlin brought up the file drawer effect, which of course I think I did a thirty minute rant on, and <laughs> on Back to Work. What were they talking about back? What was it? Oh, yeah. They did the topic lighting round. Did yeah. you hear that? Yeah, I did. They're, they're yeah. copying our style all over the place over yeah, there. Yeah, they're, they're totally biting our style. They're totally biting ALYT at the 5x5. Five five. Uh, it, it, it's okay. I think, they, uh, I think they've earned it. And, um, and honestly, we wouldn't be here if not for them, right? That's true. That's true. There is that. Can't be mad at them. Yeah. If... Uh... If anybody has room for more audio, go check out a, a show on uh, 5x5.tv. Yeah, .tv. It's a, 
top level domain. Um, yeah, I think it's Vanuatu or something. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Are you serious? I'm se- I'm dead serious. You know, I've been to Vanuatu. I know. That's why this is my point. All kinds of strange adventures in Vanuatu. Can you still hear me? Yes. Okay. Are you, are you still on the internet? <laughs> Am I hearing I, voices? Okay, because you, you were breaking up a little bit, and then I heard silence. Uh, yeah, I had some strange adventures in Vanuatu. I, I don't think we have time for that many sea stories. No, not this week. Um, listeners, email Matt if you want sea stories. Okay. Uh, let me, uh, the short, short version, I was nearly killed by a volcano, and I was also nearly killed by a, a, a very strange substance that does something to your mind. <laughs> way, to, way to not narrow it down. So, anyway, moving on. Okay, well, we've had a Jody versus the Volcano episode. Maybe we need True. Matt. Matt versus the Volcano. True, yeah. Different different Volcano. Different Volcano, yeah. Same yeah. motion, though. True. Just about, uh, I'm going to say, 1,800 miles to the southwest. There, thereabouts. Ring of Fire. Andy Rod. So, this weekend, Standing Desk. All right, well, first of all... Um, we got a, a nice email, very funny email back from Mr. Pieces about our last episode. Yes, he is an excellent emailer. Yes, it, this is a great email. He said it was a great show, and we appreciate that. Um, we, we don't have time to get to, to all of this, but uh, this week at Standing Desk, he did he did start with a correction. I, I don't know, one of us had said, I had said, or you had said, that the desk was electric. I think it was me. Uh, I, I apologize for my incorrect assumption. Okay, so this week in standing desk is our correction that the the Ergotron S fit. What the hell was it called? <laughs> Ergotron. I don't see Where, it. Just wait, I'm scrolling. It is scrolling. Ergotron. The Ergotron WorkFit S with tall user kit. There it is, WorkFit S, which is still a great product name. Yes. However, it is not electrically motivated. It is. It is not uh, powered in any way. Boogie woogie woogie. It's not electric. So, it, yeah, it apparently uses a, a system of pulleys, maybe tubes, I don't know. Which might be cooler that it has pulleys. Yeah, oh, I love a pulley. Ask anyone. Um, let's see, what else? He also, I was also instructed in a separate email to never use the phrase happy trail ever again on the show. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I confess to being surprised that you said that on the show. But uh, you know. That is so high school, though, isn't it? I mean... But everybody knew what you were talking about, so like I can't really fault you for you know yeah. clear language. Yeah, but but that sort of talk reminds me of the conversations we used to have on the quad at at King High School, or at the crack in the sidewalk, or at the crack in the sidewalk. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I wow. Thought about the crack in a while. Yeah, bringing back the crack. Huh. It's not even Thursday. When did this Throwback Thursday become a thing? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, never mind. All right. Uh, also, my my favorite <laughs> my favorite part of Mr. Peace's email was uh, he provides two more data points for my belly button lint or BBL study. <laughs> yes, that was nice of him. Yes. So the two the two data points are for him and his partner, Mr. Pieces and his partner, and they line up perfectly with my um, my hypothesis and with the data points already discussed so far. So, um, and they're both innies. So, okay, all right. It does it does appear uh, that it, to add a little credence to the to the hair accreation hypothesis, but 
he suggested something that I was already thinking of, and I don't, I don't think I mentioned this on the show, but the obvious answer is, and he's absolutely right about this, an experiment. We do an experiment. Ugh. You don't, you don't, you don't want to take part in this experiment. I don't know. This one, <laughs> this one sounds hard. It does not sound hard. Come on, aren't you involved in medical research <laughs> like professionally? <laughs> Compared to that, this is pretty easy. We don't even have to do a, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, IRB, because it's my belly button. Right. So the idea is <laughs> that internal review belly button. <laughs> that's correct. IRBB. That. <laughs> That one or both of us shave the area around our belly buttons, and and see, and see if that affects the accumulation of the BBL. What do yeah, you think? are you willing? I don't to know. Do this? I think, I think, uh, I think more research is going to be necessary. Um, you know, more more funding necessary, of mm. course, because you know lint can move. I'm not sure what kind of radius we need to. Uh, yeah. Well, that's why that's why Mr. Pisa suggests a. A two different groups in our experiment. So, uh, really, we would want three groups. We would want a control group and then two levels of treatment. And treatment level one would be dehairing a 10 centimeter radius. And treatment level two is taking off everything between the belt line and the diaphragm. <laughs> uh, ouch. Um, well, frankly, that's going to be a lot harder for you than for me. Yeah, so I think that should be your. <laughs> you should get not so randomized into that group. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. You know, I- I'm in if you're in. He also says that the dehairing process could be part of a show, which I think is a terrible idea. Yeah, I, d- I do too. Uh, there's going to be all sorts of audio clipping. What's that? On the. Either, either, yeah, awful razor noises or possibly us yelling if we're getting waxed. I don't know. Oh, I don't like the way this is headed, no, Matt. No. All right. Well, well, we'll have to work out the protocols off air since we have so little time this week. Yeah, yeah. Got to, got to keep it, keep it tight. Yeah. He also suggests just uh, last, last mention here. He suggests that actually he demands that we do an AOLYT on ILTYT. I kind of like this, uh, and I think. I think it might be doable. I don't see why not. We've got we've got the recording dingus. Yeah, we'll have to deal with some wind noise. Oh, we but, have a, uh, I have a big foam uh, thing that goes on the end of the dingus. That's true. You do. You have big the big foam uh, wind sock. But uh, every time you get in that boat, I think the wind dies down. So <laughs> I think we're set. All right. Does this mean it's time for me to tell my boat stories from the weekend? Yeah, that's that's as good a okay. setup as we can hope yeah. for this week. Well, this this weekend, the ten gallon hat man and I took the boat which is called, of course, is later than you think. We took it out on our first long trip and sailed it from Boca Ciega Yacht Club there in, in lovely, although rather small, Boca Ciega Bay. We sailed it from Gulfport there all the way to... I don't know what... Oh, I, I, I mean, this place, I guess, is Ruskin. We sailed it basically to Ruskin and the Little Manatee Marina or something. Yeah, that place is pretty nice. Uh, you know, Ru- Ruskin aside, that 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 marina is kind of yeah. cool. So you've been there? Yes, I've been there. I've uh, it's like somebody dropped a nice country club in in the middle of Ruskin. It's weird. Oh, there's a golf course. Uh, hmm, clubhouse, I should say. I don't know. Uh, resort. Yeah, the resort's quite nice. We uh, we floated around in the pool, got slightly pool drunk, as we do. Um, we so uh, you you were like a proper yachty. 
Except we didn't sleep on the boat because we would have had to cuddle, basically. <laughs> it's a pretty small boat. Uh, so we we did have a we did have a hotel room at the resort, which was great because you know at the end of the night there was comfortable beds and air conditioning, so can't complain about that. But in the future we're gonna go more uh, more rustic and rig up a sleeping solution for a second person in the aft cockpit with some boards across the across the cockpit and maybe a boom tent on the the mizzen boom rig up a tarp or something, you know, for some shelter. But, yeah, but this this time, <laughs> this time we we went posh and just slept at the resort. Well, it's still early early goings for uh, yeah, absolutely. this boat and, and adventuring on this boat. So, you know, ease yourself into it. We left in the morning right around 10 a.m. and we we made it, and I think, around four and a half hours all the way across the bay. So for those who don't know, it, well, it's a distance of 17 miles uh, altogether you, because there are bridges, structures that we have to have to clear and a drawbridge we had to wait on briefly and, and things like that. But we made it in four and a half hours to 17 miles. But on that day, that was Saturday, the wind was blowing out of the west. It basically, it was blowing straight to where we were headed. So we were flying the two sails wing on wing and sailing straight downwind. And it was, you know, comfortable, easy sailing. And in fact, the bigger boats couldn't catch us. We were going as fast or faster than they were because the wind was fairly light, which favors a, a smaller boat like, like us. And because our boat just really loves going downwind, it's one of the Sea Pearl's strong suits, is going on the run downwind. And, uh, yeah, once on a, on a different day, I actually saw nine miles an hour on my GPS on my phone when we, when I was running wing on wing. What? That day, the wind was probably 15. Uh, and on Saturday, it was maybe 10. But we made four and a half to five and a half knots all day and made it there, you know, quickly. And and all the other boaters, all the other yachties were... That sounds like good sailing. Oh, yeah, it was. It was, it was great. And, and uh, the 10-gallon hat man... He did all the shopping, so he he brought a bunch of, bunch of good beer and a bunch of g- good food. You know, like three kinds of cheese and a couple of charcuterie, couple different kinds of meats, and some fruits and some hummus and vegetables to dip in it and stuff like that. Uh, it, it was great. So we spread out this feast on the deck and we were sailing wing on wing, which is the easiest kind of sailing. And, you know, so that was, so Saturday, Saturday was cake, and we got there and we were, you know. We were great. We had a great time, had a great sail, had a great sail in past the beach there. The channel coming in is kind of cool. You could actually, you could like high five swimmers as you go shooting up this channel. And that was actually when we were sailing the fastest because that was the first time we had been on a, on a reach all day. And so we were, we were, we were flying uh, next to the beach. It was cool. But then, um, oh yeah, but all the other yachties were, were so amazed. They're like, I can't, can't believe you guys did this and in that little boat because you know they're all on these 30 and 40 foot <laughs> can't believe you guys are sailing in that right well it, it felt a little bit like that to be honest i felt a little uh yeah i don't know i felt a little defensive about our little boat it's like i mean why why wouldn't we be able to sail 17 miles I mean, 17 miles i mean i've you know i've ridden my bike much farther than that i it's it's not that far yeah so anyway that was saturday we had a great time and met some met some nice people and there was one young couple uh, who, you know, might be, uh, might be future listeners and future friends, hopefully. Oh, 
gaining listeners on the sailing trip. I like it. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. It, the, the show did come up. But then Sunday we got up and we had a terrible, terrible buffet breakfast at the resort, which I do not recommend. And then hopped in the boat and took off. And, and sailing home wasn't quite as easy. At first there was no wind at all. So to your point about the wind dying, the wind was just dead. There was a l- enough wind to carry us out away from the resort. And then it just just died after after less than an hour. Uh, and we hadn't gotten anywhere. And we were just utterly becalmed. And, and so, you know, I... As someone once said, I hate storms, but calms sap my spirit. <laughs> so I fired up the motors, like, you know, <laughs> screw this. I'm, I'm just going to point it straight at where we're going and, and motor. So we motored for 20, 25 minutes and then saw a little bit of wind and put the engine away. And then a little more wind and a little more wind. And the wind grew and grew and grew until, according to the other boats, the, the fancy ones with things like anemometers built in, they were saying it was blowing 18 to 20. Oh, all right. At one point, we put, we turned into the wind and and put a little bit of reef into both sails, in order to you know because we were getting overpowered, we were getting blown over pretty hard. But the the real shit thing was that the wind was straight out of the west again, which was exactly where we headed to go. We were just we were zigzagging on these tacks back and forth all day, and you know, and a lot of times it feels like you're sailing away from where you're trying to go to when you're doing that, you know. Sure tacking back and forth to get upwind. So the 17 mile the 17 mile trip was 17 miles. On the way back, the 17 mile trip could have been 30. Yeah. We, sure. We were on some really long tacks and it just took forever to get back to that that bridge. Oh, and then of course, <laughs> when we finally get back to the 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 big bridge, the first structure in the the channel uh, that takes you back back around to Gulfport. First of three bridges you have to go under the wind was basically straight under the bridge and at this point i'm sorry let me neil at this point the 10 gallon the 10 gallon hat man was sailing and i was i was concerned i was sitting in the center cockpit he was in the aft cockpit doing the sailing i was concerned that we were not going to be able to carry enough way enough speed to shoot through the bridge because it's so wide. We have to cover so much distance. And I thought the wind is, you know, we're going to have to basically turn dead into the wind. We're going to have no power. And the wind is just going to push us. It, it's going to stop us. And then it's going to just put, we'll be drifting and bobbing along in there. And there's a crazy current around those bridge pilings anyway. And okay, like, sure. we're going to go, we're going to go into the bridge. And sorry, I did it again. Wow. And the 10, the 10 yellow hat man, the 10 yellow hat man was pretty sure we could make it. And you know, he was at the helm and, and long story short, we hit the bridge. <laughs> Crashed right into the bridge. Oh boy! Uh, oh. Did you hurt the boat? No, I just a little little character. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, upon closer examination of the of the the very minor scrape to the front of the boat, upon closer ex- examination, the front end of this hull has taken a beating over the years and been repaired a few times. Okay. It looks it looks like. So this this little this little scrape it was quite minor it was, but one of the members of the club of the yacht club one of the other people on the cruise I'm pretty sure was holding up an iPad and videoing oh, us crashing into the bridge. <laughs> so totally busted. We gonna we're gonna need that uh, for the website. Yeah, we're gonna need that video. I I don't have it yet. Hopefully, we'll. Damn, I did it again. I don't have that yet. Hopefully, the ten gallon hat man will be able to secure that video 
and some pictures. We we did some flybys of the other boats, which were were totally cheating. They had put their they had dropped their sails and were motoring because it was straight in. And we were still zigging and zagging back and forth across oh, okay. the channel trying right. to get up there. And they were cheating. So we did flybys on a couple of the boats. And there was a guy with a DLS a DSLR shooting pictures of us. So we should have some cool boat to boat shots where we're all healed over and stuff. But excellent. Haven't seen any of that yet. So hopefully we'll get some of that media and absolutely we'll put it up on the website. But I was, in general, just very excited to do some long sails and some long distance. And, and you know, I, I look at that, that weekend trip as the first step towards the big trips to follow. Sure. Uh, and to date, that's the the uh, the longest you've taken. Uh, oh, yeah, by far. It's later. That's Let's see. It's the longest later than you think has gone? It's the longest it's gone with us, for sure. Cut that out. That doesn't make sense. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, that's my my sea stories for the week. What else is going on? I don't know. What else? What else do we have today? Did we get? Uh... We got some fake follow up. What is this? Okay, so last week in the show notes, I put a thing. I was going to ask you about the new OSX, uh, the new OSX version, which is called Mavericks, which disturbed me because, well, it's not named after a big cat. Do they just run out of big cats or? Pretty much. Um, yeah, they were going to have to change that uh, naming convention at some point. Um, hmm. And so now they've gone with place names in California. Oh. Uh, I, so I did not know that. Mavericks is... Uh, I'm not sure exactly where on the California coast it is, but it is a legendary big wave surf spot. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Well, you know... I- it was. I'm so used to the old naming convention that when the little pop-up on the computer came up when I was using it and it said, upgrade to Mavericks now, I was sure that somebody had finally written a virus for Macintoshes and that, <laughs> that this was some sort of adware or, or malware that was attacking my computer. But then, of course, I Googled it and immediately found out that it was legit. No, that's the real. That's the real thing. Uh, and now it's uh, it's outdated. There's a new version now. Yosemite. Huh? This was like last week that I learned about Mavericks. Come on, man. Uh, WWDC was uh, was last week, mm. and now we have Yosemite. I mean, it's it's still you know a beta version or whatever. Like it's not really publicly available. Um, but uh, it it will be the next thing to make your kernel panic. Coming soon. <laughs> I hate when that happens. All right. Well, when when that happens, I'll talk about that. Let's. <laughs> yeah, this week in Macintosh news. Yeah. I've, sorry, that's 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 kind but, of my wheelhouse. I've I've been hearing about WWDC for yeah, like a week now. Yeah. Well, you listen to those shows. I don't. I don't. I don't listen to all those shows. All right. So, what's what's this uh, achievement you've unlocked? Yes. Uh, Bourgeois personal achievement unlocked, um, and this is only the kind of networking that only my spouse can accomplish. But uh, one of her coworkers has a relative who's kind of between schooling uh, right now and uh, also happens to be a very good cook. So at least for the foreseeable future, I have a personal chef like three times a week, and it's fantastic. What? Yeah, yeah. She comes and just brings food. It's it's awesome. She does the shopping, brings it over and cooks it? Uh, No, she cooks it at her place. Okay. And just, and just like brings it like takeout. It's great. Man, 
That is pretty bougie. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm impressed. I'm jealous. What what what's the what's the food like? What kind of cuisine does she do? Middle Eastern mainly, hmm. uh, but also Indian and uh, some Italian stuff. She's very versatile. I should have. I, she'll she'll be here in half an hour. <laughs> I can I could ask her if uh, if I can pimp her Facebook page or something. Because I think she's taking on on new clients. Prices her prices are very reasonable, and her food is highly delicious. All right, well we could totally throw that on the next show. And you know, don't don't judge me for being bougie. Yeah, you got a cleaning lady, right? No. No. Oh well. No. Well, I that's do. one. That's one too far. That is a a line across which. <laughs> I well, we've got one, so you know. I think I'd rather have a. I would trade that for a personal chef, though. Huh, maybe we can work something out off air. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. So I, I saw I this... Know, maybe that's a, against the one of those Swedish conventions or something Swedish. Oh, gosh, Swiss. Swiss conventions. Mm-hmm. Trying to think of a second city in Sweden or Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> it's catchy. Oh, it's man. It's contagious. Oh, cut that out. Okay, cut all that out. We need to keep going. Did, did, I, did I read this right, that you wanted to talk about Android this week? Because that seems weird. Uh, I've been I've been playing around with Android development. I don't know. I just threw that in. We don't have to talk about that. But uh, yeah, e- email me with your uh, with your app ideas. Okay, so you want elevator pitches for app ideas? I actually have one. You ready? Okay, go. Okay. I think you should write in a, an app that uses the chips, uh, uses the the phone's accelerometer info to detect how its user is walking and then play the correct personal theme song for for that moment. And play it just play it out of the speaker. So you could just you could open up this app and you could just walk into a room and if you're striding into the room in a confident manner it plays whatever theme song you've assigned for that for that pacing. And if you're if you have the app activated and you're going on a on on, you know, just a contemplative ramble around your neighborhood, it would play your thinking music. Your constitutional music, yeah. Or and if you're, you know, if you're, you're all of a sudden break into a run for with with no, uh, you know, no for no uh, <laughs> no reason that was scheduled, then it it plays the your <laughs> fight or flight music, you know, that kind of thing. Uh huh. That's not bad. I've heard, I, I, I've heard worse. Personal theme song. I appreciate you uh, you opening the kimono there <laughs> um, and, and and sharing that with uh, with all the listeners. All right. Well, you know. Get back to me if if you want to want to take that further. I think it could be big. So I, I'm ha- I'm having a big week. Last Friday, school ended. It was the last day of school, so I got rid of got rid of the 2013 2014 kids and don't have to go to work again <laughs> until uh, this isn't quite true, but but basically I don't have to go work with kids anyway uh, until August. I have some conferences and trainings and stuff. Uh, for example, the district I just learned is sending me to Shreveport. They, I'm kind of their go-to. F- you, oh, you could you could sail there. Why? Well, you know what? That is on the coast. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. That might be a little farther than Ruskin. Yeah, the district wants me to go evaluate a curriculum package in Shreveport. So that's interesting. It's flattering that I was the first one they asked. You know the the people in charge of such things. It's flattering that they trust my opinion. So you know I was flattered, so I said yes. Plus you know it's Louisiana, so I know the food will be good and stuff. But yeah, I'm out of work. I finally on my summer vacation, and then immediately I have to get ready and go to Bonnaroo. 
So I leave tomorrow for Bonnaroo. You have to go to your favorite festival in the yes, world. Yes, absolutely. To which you have free tickets. To which I do have free tickets, yes. And this year that means Elton John and Kanye West and Jack White and Lionel Richie and Vampire Weekend and Phoenix and the Avid Brothers and Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. and Elton John, really? Yeah, he's the, he's the headliner. He's the biggest name on the ticket. God, there are dozens and dozens of bands I'm excited about. Uh, of course, I won't be able to say all of them because of heat and magnitude of substance abuse. But but hopefully, I'll be getting to to most of them. And then, of course, scheduling conflicts. Annoyingly, they so they oh God, you know, sometimes they put two different bands you want to see at, at the same time, and you have to kind of skip out of one to go see the end of the other. But you know, I, I'm you know, I, it's been hectic. I've been running around all day actually getting acquiring things for the trip uh some of that is equipment and part of the reason i've needed to get more things you'd think i would have all the things i need for bonnaroo after for all i know this could be my 10th one i'm not i don't even know you are a bonnaroo veteran i am a vet but my big group my big bonnaroo family it's not happening this year so the the big base camp is is not going to be there it's just going to be my sister and i we're going to be on our own. Huh. So we need to be better supplied and better equipped. So I've been buying some buying some stuff. Hmm. Well, don't forget your solar charger. Yeah, I got my solar charger. I that could at least be, you know, traded in favor with strangers if they need to charge their phone. Yeah. You know, honestly, what's been the biggest uh, bartering item for me at, at Bonnaroo has been the use of my cart. Your danger cart? My danger card, yeah. I've got a big, big knobby tire. It's got like 10-inch wheels on it, 10-inch cool. diameter uh, off-road wheels on it. They have this big, heavy-duty, you-can-put-400-pounds-on-it cart. And that has been the most valuable thing that people have wanted to borrow from me. And when I loan people my cart, it, it's always come back to me, and I usually get hooked up with stuff. Ah, Okay. I think that's how I met the big Bonnaroo family in the first place. I loaned them the cart. Oh, and I had coffee. I can see that going over big as well. Yeah, because a lot of people, you know, people don't prepare to brew coffee. And, you know, when I get up, the first thing I do is light the stove and make a pot of coffee. I've got a camping French press that works great and makes really good coffee. It's easy. I think I've had your camping coffee. It is good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm disappointed that the big the big group isn't going, but, you know, we'll meet new people and... It's not like I'll be completely by myself, I, although I did that one year, and it was still still fine. It was still a lot of fun. Uh, you know, my sister and I are going to have a great time. It's going to be exciting. And she gets here tomorrow, and then we leave. So, oh my god, I still have so much to do. <laughs> it's crazy. I have a lot to do. All right. Well, I, I'm glad we're, uh, glad we're doing a show before you take off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm pleased with that, too. And the, the main reason, and... Okay, is there anything else you want to work into this episode? Because we're down to our last little, like five minutes. We're down to the nubbin. So you've got you've got something you just... Uh... I got something big. I need some help. Okay. Okay, so this week, by the end of this week, which really means tomorrow, because I kind of stop existing uh, at Bonnaroo as far as the rest of the world is concerned. Basically, tomorrow, I have to make a big decision about my work life. So there's another school that's trying to steal me from my current high school. Mm. And 
the job is it, it's a done deal. It's absolutely mine if I say yes. This isn't you know a prospective thing. Um, it's a definite offer. And I went to the school, and I, I was shown around, and I met the administration and the department head and the science coach, and saw the room that would be mine and the equipment that would be mine. And I opened all the cabinets and trying to get a sense of is the equipment better than what I'm currently working with. And and you know some of it's better, some of it's not. It's it's really it would equipment wise it'd be breaking even. Um, in terms of classroom, the classroom that I'd be in is about half the size of my current classroom, but I could totally do my, my, my job in there. It's not a, that's not a big deal. Does that mean fewer kids, though? It absolutely does not, no. Ah. No, so they would be quite, quite cramped in there, which, which is something I worry a little about because apparently the provisions of the class size amendment have sunsetted, and next year they might start sneakily increasing class sizes according to what my people who pay attention to such things, my, my colleagues who pay attention to such things are telling me, um, which is a little worrying. But yeah. anyway, the case for going to this other school is that the teacher who's, jo- who's retired, whose job I'd be taking, taught for the last 10 years nothing but physics, honors, and AP physics. And that's, of course, the dream job. That's the schedule you want. That's the schedule I want. But... When word got out about his retirement, the administration and the students got nervous about who was going to be teaching that class next year, and they decided to just take away the AP class for a year. So there is no AP class for next year. At the whole school, there's no AP. Well, there's no physics AP class. Well, oh, yeah, that's what I mean. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Not So there's no physics AP class for me. If I went and took this job, I would be the only physics guy. So, you know, I would do all the physics. So the the I, the attractive prospect is that for the first year, for next school year, I would do four sections of physics honors and two sections of physical science, which makes it equivalent to what I do over at the school I've been at for the last 10 years. Because next year, except maybe arguably a little bit worse, because at at the school I'm currently at, I have two sections for next year of AP physics and two sections of physics honors and then two of physical science. But like basically it's four sections of physics and two sections of physical science either way. And it's the physical science that's the bane of my existence, my work existence. Anyway, and so it's the same amount at both schools, same amount of bane, so to speak. And from everything I've heard, even when I pressed him on the question, even the, the science coach who's trying to steal me, at this other school, he also agreed that their kids, their regular level 10th graders will be an even bigger headache than the regular level 10th graders I'm Ooh. used to over at my current school. That they, they, are, they are a rough bunch and that those classes will be, will be kind of terrible. So it's, it's a worse schedule for next year. But the year after, once they, had, they know they have a competent person and the, the students know it, the AP classes will come right back. This is what they're telling me. Right. So do I go on the promise of of a schedule that I've always wanted a year in the future or do I stay where I am um, where the schedule is is technically a little bit better, but isn't like isn't likely to ever change into what I really want. Who's the decider on that AP coming back for next year? Yeah. 
uh, at the other school. Or the other, um, yeah, whatever. Well, it's 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 partially uh, apparently a lot of it was that the students when they heard that this guy was retiring uh, elected not to take that course and instead that whole cohort went to AP biology instead of taking AP physics. And then the administration didn't want to list it as an AP job for there were enough kids for at least one section probably. This is what I was reading between the lines, talking to the department head and stuff. There were enough kids for at least one section to make, but they didn't want to risk a first-year teacher having that that class because they don't know who they're going to get. And, of course, so I said, well, if you knew you had a, a person who was with a proven track record in AP Physics coming in, can we revive that class? Can that class be put back together? Because then it would make the decision easier. But they said no. They said that, that well, ship is sailed. I mean – you know, if it's the the principal or whoever is is it's the one making that call, it, if they knew how much that mattered to you, and I don't know, is it silly to ask for that in writing? Well, they they cannot give that to me. Like I, I know how this stuff works. I mean, well, our contracts say that there are no guarantees, basically. So they can write whatever they want down and then go ahead and do whatever they need to do. And they just say, well, you know, that's what the numbers said we had to do. I, this is, you know, I've been around long enough to know that they can write down whatever they want and it doesn't mean And then, the okay, so the argument against going is not just that I'm, you know, not just inertia, not just that I'm comfortable where I'm at, but the AP program has grown from, it's growing next year from one section to two sections because I had this great cohort of juniors in my in my you know my skepticism 101 slash physics honors classes this year and we had a great time and so many of them signed up wow cool you know they they signed up to have ap physics with me in particular if i stay at my current school i get both sections but if i leave these kids would be really devastated and possibly over if they wind up with somebody inexperienced in that position so that's so that's the loyalty angle, you know. It's not just loyalty to my school, which I don't honestly feel all that strongly about. It's loyalty to this great group of kids who signed up to take this very difficult class with me next year, on the information that I would be their instructor. Oh, that's a toughie. But they could switch, right? They could change their schedules next year if you know the administration makes it really difficult on them when. Uh, when they want to switch, I mean, ultimately they have to do what the, when the parents come in yeah. all pissed off, they always cave. Okay. They'll tell the kids no. So unless the kid has a parent willing to advocate for them, they'll, they'll be told no, they can't switch. Oh, I don't know, Matt, that is tough. You, you haven't talked about any it really is. Uh, money or commute or is, is all that stuff a wash? It basically, it's all basically a wash. The equipment, the money, the commute, the, the facilities, they're not any better. In fact, that might be slightly worse. I know which way I'm leaning, but I have to make the call tomorrow. I don't know. How would you make this decision? The last time, maybe a year ago, I was faced with something close to this. It all came down to me picturing my future self. It came down to trusting my future self, which was, you know, Uh-oh. a year from now, and I am I going to regret having passed up? something kind of different and the answer to that was yes I, there was no getting around that so maybe maybe that's that's really the only bit of advice i've got for you oh i appreciate that because hearing you say that out loud i've just made up my mind wow this was this was going to be such a good cliffhanger for the end of this episode matt a year from now i'm going to pass 
and a year from now I am not going to regret passing this up because if a year from now they have that schedule, they can offer it to me then. And in the meantime, I can go have a great year with this this cohort of kids that I really do feel pretty attached to at uh, at the school I'm still at. And and I can put the work in in the meantime. I can you know try to talk myself into a little bit of hustle on on maybe making next year my last school year as a teacher, which is what I really want anyway. I want to get out of the classroom. I don't want to get into a different rut at a different school. Okay. Yeah, I made up my mind. That's it. All right. And that's the end of our call. I got to play the ukuleles. I got to get out of here. Have fun with Bonnaroo and uh, talk to you when you get back, all right? All right. I'm hitting stop. Stop.